Welcome to the One Big Thing Podcast, where inspiration meets transformation. I'm Steve Campbell, your host, and I invite you to embark on this exhilarating journey with me. Are you searching for that extra spark, that push to propel you in the right direction? Look no further. The One Big Thing is all about bringing you incredible guests from diverse backgrounds. So picture this, professional athletes, visionary business leaders, fellow podcasters, and even awe-inspiring stay-at-home moms who are all conquering life's challenges. Get ready to seize your moment of greatness. Don't miss out. Subscribe and follow the One Big Thing podcast today. Well, welcome back to the One Big Thing Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Campbell. Uh, Folks, it's hard to believe that when this episode drops, we are going to be basically bringing 2023 to a close. Um, This has been an incredible year for me as a host of this show. Uh, When I started January of last year, I didn't even know that I'd be hosting my own show. Uh, I've been hosting a financial planning podcast with my business partner for the last three years, but would have had no idea that that would have sparked an opportunity for me to do that thing, which is what I love to do, which is champion and encourage other people. So for those of you who, if this is your first episode, I hope it's not your last, or if you've been tracking along since the beginning, I just hope that with every conversation, there's something that you can take away and apply to your life to move the ball forward, to become the best person that you are. And I thought, what fitting way to end 2023 than to uh, be honest uh, and kind of run it back a little bit. A few episodes ago, I had the honor of interviewing JC Glick, who if you're watching on YouTube is on screen with me now. Um, But JC was an incredible guest. He was a referral from my old college lacrosse coach, Jim Stagnita. JC and I had really an unbelievably powerful conversation for about an hour talking about his life in the military, um, talking about um, just coming back to civilian life and the work that he's doing now with Projomos leadership. But we also talked a lot about uh, just recognizing um, people that are struggling, talking about suicide. He had shared a little bit of his history with suicidal attempts. And it was an unbelievably conversation that in post-recording, I went and listened to and uh, my microphone decided not to do what it's supposed to do, which is to be you know, clear and audible. And I was pretty discouraged after it because I thought JC did his part. And for me as the host, it was a technology issue. But I always am a um, passionate about producing really high quality content. And so I had texted him. Uh, after the show and said, bud, uh, brother, you absolutely killed it. This was incredible. I loved our time together. I just wish my audio worked a little bit better. I said, would you even be willing to come back on and maybe we'll re-record what we already did? And without hesitation, he said, sure. But like how life works, uh, as we were preparing for this re-recording, we discovered, you know what? There was a whole lot that we kind of left on the table that if we had more time, we would have kept talking about. Rather than redo something that's already done, why don't we do what's relevant for today? And so I'm honored to have JC Click back as my first ever repeat guest in the short history of the One Big Thing. Uh, so JC, welcome back to the One Big Thing podcast. I know I shared a little bit of your story. Is there anything that I left out that you think for a listener would be good to to share on your end? Uh, you know, first of all, thank you. Um, I, I was honored and privileged to be on the first time. I'm super excited to be on again. I, I I so enjoy speaking with you. I think you you do such a great job, not of just having an interview, but having a conversation. And and I and I really enjoyed it. Um, you, you know, so twenty years in the military, eleven combat tours. Uh, got out. Um, 
was fortunate enough to write a couple of books, just finishing up my third book now. Um, I get to work with Stags, who's just, you know, an incredible human being, uh, where we get to help uh, companies and professional sports teams with culture and leadership and, and getting the most out of their people. Um, I get to write a lot, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I get to do all these great things. Um, but what's great about it is I get to do them with great people. So I think that's, um, that's the one thing is, you know, I might get to be on this show by myself with you, but the truth is that I have not done anything alone in my entire life. I mean, if you look at my two books, they were both co-written um, by two incredible women who are um, absolutely spectacular human beings. Um, I have my perfect partner, uh, my wife, Jen, who continues to um, challenge me and make me think about some of the things that I write and presenting you know, how, uh, how I write them. And, and so I think what's, what I'd want people to know is, and I think, you know, and I think you and I talked last time a little bit about comparative analysis is we have a tendency to look at people and their successes or their, their, their accomplishments. And we don't necessarily see all their failures. Um, and we also don't see, the stuff that goes on behind the things that build them to be able to be who they are. So I'll tell you like 90% of the things I think 98% of the things I think came from somebody else. I mean, some, some mentor who taught me, uh, my wife is constantly, I mean, at 52 years old, I change my opinion on things now because of her perspective, because she thinks differently than I do. And she'll say something and I'll go, Holy mackerel, that's so much better. And a lot of my article ideas come from something she says. And I'm like, okay, I got to write about that. And your perspective is way better than mine. So I guess if anybody were to know anything about me, it's that my ideas, my success, the things that I get to talk about are because there's a whole bunch of studs in my life that help me think about those things. I'll say, I'll tell you this, man, I, I come across a lot of human beings in my lifetime. And I think what was very cool is, you know, even though I might've been discouraged over the sound quality, it was still a quality conversation. And I know that when we released that, that episode, I was really just blessed and fortunate to watch your community, your network of people that absolutely love you come and support you and listen and leave comments. And so, um, I think what I, what I've discovered about you is you're a man of honor. Uh, you're a man of honor, not just because you served in the military for 20 years, but it's everything. It's who you are. It's from how intentional you are with every article you write, every book you write. Um, and again, it's not just because you were in the military. I think it's foundationally just a part of who you are. And as we thought about, you know, if we got back together and we really had a second chance to talk, what could we talk about that could really help a lot of people? And I think, I think honor is something that's really lost in our society today. Um, honoring people. And if you, you, I think it's very easy to recognize, recognize dishonor because it's so often thrown in our face that when you receive honor today, it's so humbling. And what I would say by that is my wife and I, um, in 2019 had the opportunity to travel on a missions trip to Ghana, Africa. I had never been on a missions trip. We went for two weeks with our church and, uh, I had never been to Africa. 
Um, and so this was my first time being there. And I got to tell you, for 12 days, I've never received so much honor in my life from the, from the people of Ghana, um, just from the way that they served, served us unasked for. Um, the way that they talk to us, their temperament, their body language. Um, I'm not a person that expects authority uh, towards myself, but man, when it is rightfully just given to you, it is humbling. And it's humbling because I think because of everything we see on social media today, uh, everything that's on the news, everything that's in the media, there's just dishonor. We're, we're getting ready to come into a political season, which God help all of us, no matter what aisle you sit on or how you believe, it's just giddy up. It's going to be a tough couple of months of bashing and negative news and this person did that. And so I know that whether it's a heightened political season or whatever, right now it's the holidays and we're trying to celebrate with our family. Maybe we're thinking about the year that's been, the highs, the lows, the peaks, the pits. We're starting to think about 2024, and we say all these things, these mantras like the best is yet to come, and next year is going to be my best year yet. But I think what's hard is like, how do we actually do that? How, how do we actually just make sure that come next December, we're not looking back and saying, I wish I would have done this or achieved this goal or done this thing? So as you and I were kind of talking pre-recording, we were talking about just leaving you with a positive message. And maybe part of that is just how to rediscover honor or how to be an honorable person. Because man, if you're thinking that your headshot, if you're thinking that your tweets, if you're thinking that what you post in reels and videos, it's what's going to make you stand out. Yeah, maybe it will to the masses that don't really know you because you can curate anything to look like you're better than you are. But man, if you can walk into a room, if you can walk into any environment and become a person of honor that really understands your own worth, understands your own identity so that no one else is dictating to you your worth and your identity, then you can begin to, to love people and honor them whether they deserve it or not, because that's what's going to break down kind of the walls of division and the negativity. So if I know you, you can take everything that I just said and run with it. But I know that that's a lot. But I just, I want to champion you because I, I come across a lot of people. And JC, you are such a man of honor that if I could learn how to duplicate maybe some of the life lessons you've learned, and maybe that's a good place to start, is just sharing with listeners, like what at 52, what are the things that you think you've learned along the way or you know, the things that have really molded you into hopefully being the best, best version of yourself today? Well, first of all, I'm humbled. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you my perspective is I'm, I'm not an honorable guy. Like I've done so many dishonorable things. And I think maybe that's why I, I really focus on being more honorable. Um, I look back at some of the things that I've done to, to people and, and, and I've hurt them. And I think, you know, my, my wife always says, you know, shame and guilt are a powerful thing and they're a powerful motivator. And I always argue with her. I'm like, yeah, but that's a horrible way. That's such a negative way to be motivated. But the truth is, I think a lot of my behavior as I become older is a desire not to do what I've done in the past. And I think that you know, and I, I, I've said this to other people. I don't know that I've ever publicly said it, but I don't, 
I don't think I was a very good person before. I, I, I don't know that, like, I don't know where on the scale of badness I would fall. I mean, I'm not horrible. I'm not, but, but some people might say like, oh, Glick, he's horrible. He's, he's a really bad person. And, and I look back at that and go, okay, I, I can't really control what people think of me. I, I can't. But what I can do is control my actions so that I won't look back again and say, I'm really sorry I did that to that person, or I'm really sorry I did that to that group of people, or I'm really, I really don't like how I showed up there or, or how I behaved. And, and it's, it's, it's not a, I wish I could say I do it all the time and I do it well. I, I think I, I sometimes react instead of respond. And I, I, I don't, I, and I sit back and hopefully I catch myself eventually and say, Ooh, I don't like how I did that. And whether that's with my wife, with my children, um, or with strangers and, and the goal is to, I think one, be a little bit self-aware of, of when you're behaving in a way that you're going to look back and go, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Right. It's, it's, I think it's a problem when somebody acts a certain way and then they justify like, well, I did it because this person was, okay, you allowed that person to control your behavior and that's never okay. It's never all right. And I think this idea, what I, what I try to do is, and again, don't think I do it all the time. In fact, I'm telling you, I don't do it all the time. And I don't even know that I do it well all the time. Uh, when I do it, but I really try to think, how are my actions going to impact anyone around me? Right. And it's easy when you're thinking about consequence, right? Like, Hey, how will this action affect my wife? Right. Because there's a consequence. If I, if I upset her, like I'm going to know about it right away. (laughs) Like there's not going to be any, there's not going to be like, well, I'll never see that person again. Right. So, so those are the easy ones. The harder ones are, you know, you're standing in line at Starbucks and how do I make sure that I'm considering the people around me? Right. We, I want to, I want to go off this honor thing and I want to talk about respect and consideration for a second. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, but I think those are two things that we really get confused um, I think a lot of people are like, well, they disrespected me and they, they, you know, they're not showing me respect. And, and we've, we've elevated this, this idea of respect that everybody deserves it. And I will say you do, except what respect means is to not cause harm or to elevate in status. So everybody, nobody should cause you physical harm. That's nobody should intentionally try to hurt you, not hurt your feelings, hurt you. You, everyone deserves that respect. Beyond that, everything is consideration. And I think we should consider each other a little bit more, right? So if, if I yell at you, call you an idiot and slam the door in your face, I did not disrespect you unless the door physically hits you. I'm rude. I'm inconsiderate. I'm probably a jerk. But your respect is intact because you hold that. But what we don't do is hold the door for people, 
Not double park. If you live in New York, stop double parking. It's you're driving me crazy. If you're on Long Island and you double park to run into Starbucks or to run in, it's it's wrong. It's just wrong. If you have park in a handicap spot and you're not handicapped, you're just not being considerate. You're thinking about yourself and elevating yourself over others. And I think that's what we have to do a little bit more of is not consistently elevate ourselves over everyone else. You and I had touch base, you know, talk around those lines of respect and consideration. You know, that'll, that'll preach what you just talked about. And if you really understand the magnitude of what you just shared, there, there's a lot of deep thinking borderline theology and what you just said that, that I think that's where the blurred lines come in. And you and I had uh, talked just a little bit before we came on that I think understanding um, really for yourself as a person, the difference between, you know, what you have control of and what you don't, there are a whole lot of people that spend a lot of mental time, mental space, mental commitment, dwelling on things that they truthfully at the end of the day have no control over. I mean, yes, we would all raise our hands and say that what is happening around the world, you know, in the Middle East, uh, politically, a lot of that stuff is overwhelming. And you can spend all day being terrified over something that you, you're not going to go do. You know, you're not going to fix um, rather than like being the best parent you can be to your child who's in the room with you present. If you're mentally always somewhere else thinking about someone else that you will never have the ability to impact, what would it look like if you began to impact the immediate people that were dependent upon you? And I know that sounds so simple, but I think if you were um, really honest with yourself, there's many times that your children, your spouse is right in front of you and you're on your phone endlessly scrolling, reading news, reading tweets, doing things, which every time you consume that bit of information now distracts you even more. And I'm not saying don't be a don't be an aware person of what is happening around the world. I mean, no, we, we should honestly have as much information as we need to know how to direct our lives, but there can be an overconsumption of information and rabbit trails and rabbit holes that we go down of information, misinformation, that big buzzword, however you deem that. But I think when you're talking about that whole idea of, you know, respect uh, in the other side is I think what's hard for a lot of people is to be so assured of who you are as a person. We are so quick to point the finger on JC, you need to be better. You know, JC, there's been something I've been wanting to talk to you about when it's like, man, I haven't even addressed my own stinking thinking, my own stuff in my own life that I have self-sabotaging thoughts that come to me, that I have a very negative viewpoint of my body or the way that I am as a father or as a husband. I have ways that I talk down to other people. If you don't ever address that stuff first, then we all have so much bandwidth. We all, much, we all have so much energy that we can give out. And I think what I've realized in my life is the more that I work on myself behind closed doors, first and foremost, self-talk, journaling, meditation, for me, it's prayer for you it could be anything, but spending time by myself and really thinking about when thoughts come that I know are really not my best and for me, like, man, where did that thought come from? Like, is that, is that a real thing? Like, am I really a bad dad? Am I really a bad husband? Am I really a bad coworker? Or, or is it just something that is always, you know, trying to infiltrate kind of my mind and taking hold of that and being like, hey, if there's some truth in, in some of these things that are coming to my mind and there's some core convictions that I have of like, you know what, 
I probably could be more present as a father with my kids. You know, maybe I'm a little bit more focused on podcasting and influencing people and getting my message out there when I have people in my own home that are vying for my attention. And I'm more worried about the people I'll never meet following my shows than the people that are following a legacy that I'm trying to build for them. And that sounds really deep, but that's like the stuff that hits me between the eyes where I'm like, man, if I work on that first and I get that right and I become the present husband and father I can be, then when I'm out at Starbucks or a Target and I see somebody, I am more aware of maybe their suffering. I am more aware of their body language. I am more aware of their body disposition that I can be available to them. And these could be perfect strangers. These could be people that could just use a door being held for them or a purchase of their coffee because you can see that they're obviously frustrated today. And it's those small things that I think are very hard to begin to become aware of if you're first not fully aware of yourself, your motivations, your values, who you are. So I want to give grace to people that are like, I love what you two are talking about, but I just don't have the energy. I just don't have the means. I just, I can't even figure myself out. And you know what? Maybe this episode is just acknowledging like, you're absolutely right. Like you can't. You can't go do these things if you haven't been really honest with yourself and taken a personal assessment and looked back on the year it's been and said, man, what are the things that I did really well this year? What are the habits that I cultivated in my life? What are the rhythms that I cultivated in my life that have helped me become whatever versions of myself or eating things or physical routines or books that I read? Don't always just focus on the negative and like next year I want to lose weight. Next year I want to be better financially. Those are all good things to want to ascribe to, but celebrate the things that you have done well, because you got to keep filling yourself up. So I think from my standpoint, my own personal evaluation, I can only be fully present, fully aware of the needs of others when I first have addressed my own needs, not in a self-care, self-help, like it's all about me. But taking care of, like at the end of the day, I'm I'm me, I'm a person. I have my own needs, I have my own desires, and I need to, first of all, you know, work on myself before I can ever demand the respect, the honor, or the consideration of another person. So that's just stuff that I dwell on. It's really hard to communicate that because everything is so loud. The media is loud, social media is loud, like everything is loud. That like if you're just like JC. If this is just you and I between two microphones and no one ever hears this, but we encourage each other and push each other to be the best versions of ourselves, then it's a win. But I also got to believe that this conversation today is going to have some people go, yeah, this is this is what I've been thinking about. And it's it's healthy to know that there's two guys out there that kind of are thinking along the lines of what I've been trying to work on. You know, and it's, and as you're saying this, I'm thinking of kind of this, there's this wave, right? And there's this, this place and, and, and the human condition. I, I don't know that it ever feels good. So, or maybe the less aware we are, the better it feels. You've got on this one end of the spectrum, these individuals, they're always right. Everybody else is always wrong. They don't have any self awareness and, they hear things like, oh, you should be kind to yourself. No, those people need to actually look at themselves. Let's say those people all of a sudden have an epiphany and they start to look at themselves. Their self-valuation actually goes down and they start thinking they're horrible at this. They're horrible at that. They're not good. They, they do, you know, even an, an action then labels, you know, you made a bad choice as a parent. You made a bad choice as a spouse 
um, not a catastrophic choice, but a bad choice. And all of a sudden you're a bad, you're a bad parent, you're a bad spouse. Um, and that's when you say like, well, you give kindness to other people, you give grace to other people, give a little grace to yourself. And then if you give too much grace to yourself, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, again, everybody else is jacked up. And I'm, so there's this, there's like, there's a band of excellence in the middle there. That's interesting. Um, but I don't know that it's ever comfortable. And I think that's a really hard band to stay in. Um, I think I've been on both the high end and the low end and on different days, I might even be in the high end and the low end. Um, I, I think something that Stags and I talk a lot about to teams is who you're looking out for. All right. So one of the things that you, you were an athlete, I was, I was an athlete. One of the things that athletes tend to focus on is themselves, right? So think about watching film. Who do you watch in film? You watch you. You don't watch your teammates. You watch you. Um, you know, when the coach says something, you know, that's, that's across the team, you always say, Oh, that's me. That's like, he's talking to me. Oh, I did that. Or, Oh, I screwed that up. Or wait, are they talking about me? We immediately go to ourselves. And one of the things that we tell players to do is if you're on a team of 30 people and you're worrying about yourself, well, there's one person who's looking out for you. But if you're in a team of 30 people and you're looking out for your teammates and how they can get better and how they can improve and how you can support them when they do something great and you can support them when maybe they they fall a little short. If you're worrying about how do I make my teammates better and everybody's doing that, well, now 29 people are, are, are watching out for you. And I really think that that's, a, that's not a horrible way to look at life. And it's, it's a hard way to look at life because if I'm worried about everybody else, how am I worried about me? But if I have those kind of social contract, like I know I worry about my wife and I worry about my kids and I'm, I'm, and I'm going to say something that's going to sound bad and then I'll explain it. My wife is 100% looking out for me. My kids are not looking out for me. Now, that doesn't make them bad. That's exactly as a parent. I have no, I don't want them to look out for me. I want them to be. I mean, my, the oldest is, you know, 26 and, you know, with stepkids, the youngest is 17. And I want them to be focused on learning how to be a, a, an adult and a human and the prefrontal cortex and none of them is developed. And like, I have no, like them worried about me is not what I want. That, that's not what I want as a parent. I, I, if they don't even consider me. I'm okay with that because they're building their lives and they're, they're becoming humans. But I know that when they get to be in their thirties, there's going to be this symbiotic relationship where I'm looking out for them. They're looking out for me. And, and I think that that's what we should try to get to as a, you know, it'd be wonderful if we could have it as a world community. I'm not shooting that high. I'd like to have that as an American community where Americans are looking out for each other instead of being, brought into this um, false binary choice of you're either for us or against us. 
uh, if you don't, if you're, if you're against this and you're against all of this, and if you're for this, you're for all of this, which is just nonsense. I can, I mean, I'm, I, there's a spectrum of beliefs and, and, and vilifying anyone who disagrees with us as somehow evil or, you know, wrong or, or whatever. I, I think there's lots of people who disagree with me and they're good people and they just have a different, they have a different way of looking at life and that's okay. As long as you're not hurting anybody, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Um, but I think that if we consider uh, others instead of ourselves, if we're working on how do I make people around me better? How do I make life for others better? I think we actually get a little bit more fulfilled. And now it's better if we're in social contracts, like with my wife or with my good friends. Like I know Stags. Stags is not worried about how he gets better. He's worried about how do I make JC better? And we talk about this all the time. And he'll say, oh, well, you don't have to do that. And I'll say, Stags, you don't have to do that. But that's that's what a good relationship looks like, at least in my thoughts. Yeah, and I think it's... I don't know that many people have the type of relationship that you just described in, you know, as you were talking, maybe one thing I'm going to hold you to is I feel like your next book should be Band of Excellence, because I think hitting that point um, is something that's not really talked about because of the influences that are happening around us all the time. If you open up your uh, cell phone, your iPhone, your, you know, Android right now, and you went to TikTok, if you went to Instagram, if you looked at Reels, depending on what you look at, you're probably going to see a funny video. Uh, you're probably going to see a video of a person who probably is in physically the best shape of their life. And they're showing you how, how great they look, how beautiful they are, how handsome, how strong they are. Um, if you're like me as a parent, it's going to be the perfect video of the perfect parent raising the perfect kids. And you can fall, um, you can fall prey to feeling lesser than because of these, you know, very short form videos that, you know, we purposely choose to open those apps and, and kind of sabotage ourselves in a way, but we can really begin to have detrimental thoughts towards ourselves Because again, we are watching curated videos from people that know how to produce content in such a way that elicits emotions and shows the best parts. Um, but what you're, you know, talking about is having, you know, the awareness um, to realize that that band of excellence might be a moment by moment thing. And, you know, for me in my life, I can wake up, you know, when my alarm goes off at four 30 in the morning and I go to the gym, I, I feel great. I have to go to the gym before, you know, my whole family wakes up and I always feel like I can do anything first part of the day. Then my kids wake up and there's a period of time while they're awake where, you know, sometimes things go beyond my control because they're young kids and they're, they're full of energy. And maybe you find yourself parenting in a way that you didn't think was going to come out. And you just had hours before this, the, I can do anything invincible attitude. And now you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do today. And then you, and then you go on your commute to work and you have this time of like detox of like, okay, morning kind of got a little bit away from me. How can I re, you know, reset and go win today? Cause I'm going to walk into an office and see my colleagues and got to be my best for them. And things happen throughout the day that you have to take mental check of. And then, you know, you come home and you have this cycle. And I think what we do is we kind of combine everything together. 
we have a long-term vision tied to a short-term vision that's tied to an intraday experience. And like all those things confuse us because we want to be the healthiest. We want to be the best. We want to be the best in shape. We want to be financially free. We want to have the healthiest marriage. And like, that's great to have over a lifetime. You want to have an experience of living your life to the most in every aspect. And I love that. And then there's just like short form, it's the holidays. Maybe you struggled trying to figure out how to buy gifts for your kids or just financially, man, things are so tight that like, you just don't know how to make it magical. Or, you know, we just finished Thanksgiving. We're now entering Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever, you know, holidays you celebrate, man, maybe your family is not what you hoped. Uh, the experience of doing life with your family, these holiday meals, you, you have expectations of family members being different. It's not that anybody's evil, but it's just missed expectations of, you know, wanting them to care about you or listen to you and like not talk politics or, you know, whatever it may be, let go of drama and you can leave what are supposed to be these magical moments of life feeling like, shoot, that stunk. And then you have to like deal with that. So this band of excellence that you're talking about, I love this concept because it really is this um, check for all of us that within a given day, things are going to happen that we need to almost like learn how to reset as quick as possible. And again, let go of the things we can't control. But what you also talked about too is finding what you called social contracts. You know, Jim is your business partner. So that's, you know, you're kind of stuck with them. You have to make decisions together. But I would encourage you as a listener, like who, who are the people in your life? If you took an assessment of 2023, those people you knew were one text, one phone call away from dropping everything and being there for you. You know, you and I talked about in our episode together, suicide, depression, people going through things. You know, I think it's never been easier to um, want the uh, want the applause of people that we've never met in the form of likes of comments. And then we look around at our own life and it feels really empty. Like, like who am I going to call if I'm ever going through something? Who Who's going to show up for me? And I think what I've experienced too, is we have sometimes unrealistic expectations. We had just talked about family. We had just talked about moments. I think we sometimes want people like you, you described your relationship with your wife as being a hundred percent caring for each other. And then with your kids, like you want them to focus on other things. And I think sometimes we get disappointed or disenfranchised because we're so excited maybe about the things we're accomplishing or working on, or, you know, trying to apply and you call, you know, a family member, you call a friend and you want to talk to JC about like, Hey man, can I tell you what just happened to me? And you're so excited and you tell them and they, they don't give you the response that you were hoping for whatever that may be. I think, I think for my own personal reflection is sometimes I get disappointed making content, doing things that like you want other people to like realize what you're doing or like understand it to the depth of like how you do and almost like celebrate the way you do, but it's your life and it's your journey. And I think sometimes we just get really frustrated that you know, whatever you're doing, whether you're at a high watermark in your career, or you just had a baby or whatever, like you were expecting the people that love you to show up in droves, to text you all the time, to how are you doing? You know, how's it being home? How's that job going? Hey, loved your episode, loved this thing, loved your book, loved your article. And you can just sometimes feel really alone and isolated. 
you you do something in action as a parent, as a spouse, you you produce a product at work, you produce a piece of content, you release it into the world. And yeah, you're human. It's nice to know that people read it, listen to it, consume it. And like you'd love for them to reach out to you and be like, JC, man, I was I was crying reading, or I was like, I was experiencing what you were saying. And sometimes it's crickets. And I think a lot of my 2023 has just been like me learning how to not become tougher or more calloused, or I don't even know what the term is, but like just reminding myself, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it, is it for the applause of other people, even my spouse, or am I doing it because at the end of the day, I know it's the right thing to do. Honor is the foundation of my life. I live to encourage people, whether they receive it or not. Like those are the values that I hold true. And if those are the values that I, as your host of this show, hold true, then it doesn't matter whether you leave a review of this show or share it with a friend or comment how much you loved it. But if I'm human, it that that stuff can easily bother me when that doesn't happen. So I think as you were talking, what really sparked me is just my own evaluation of myself of like, why does it matter whether people say anything to me or not as much as like, if I feel like I'm on a clear path and a clear mission to help change one life at a time, then, then I'll do that regardless of whether people acknowledge it or not, or talk to me or about it or not. So I feel like, I don't know that's just something that in my journey this year that, man, I wish I would have done a little bit better with, which is just just stay focused, just keep going, regardless of whether people say something to you or not. Um, because, because your life is important to you. And it's not that it's important to other people, but they have their own things going on. They're working through their own issues. They're working through their own challenges. So just because they're not at your beck and call and wondering how you're doing all the time, maybe doesn't mean that they don't care they, they may not even create an open door. So I, my challenge to you, and I'm going to give you some time here, what I've learned to do with this, my self-application is to give away the thing that I need the most. So for me personally, if I would love for people to say, Steve, how are you doing? Steve, how's work? Steve, how's this? Because it gives me an opportunity to share something that I'm like, not just going to start talking about at the table. When I know that there's an invitation to share those things, I come alive because I love what I do. I love my kids. I love my wife. I want to talk about this stuff. If I feel like, man, I wish somebody would ask me, then I challenge myself to say, when I sit down with JC today, I'm going to make this conversation all about him. And I'm going to give to him the thing that I need the most because he's going to come alive. And so like, that's been always my MO in life, which is like, how can I give away the thing that I need because it always comes back to you one way or another. And you are a huge testament of that by being back on the show and the texts you send me and just how much you appreciate our conversation. That stuff is fuel to me because I, I know you're not just saying it for the sake of saying it. No, actually, I, I love what you just said. I mean, I think, you know, giving, giving what you'd like as long as I think it's, I think it's beautiful. And the, the, the caveat to it, or the dovetail to it is as long as you don't expect it back in return, right? Uh, about, uh, I don't know, maybe it was six months ago or so I wrote an article about leadership is a one-way street, right? You have to absolutely love those you lead and have an expectation that some of them will hate you, but you have to love all of them. You don't have to like all of them, but you have to love all of them. 
to lead them. And you have to know that that does not have to be reciprocated. And it's a very, it's, that's why leadership is lonely. Le- leadership is tough because no matter how great a leader you are, if somebody hates you. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, it's interesting. You were saying something about like, I want people to, I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact and I want to know that I'm making an impact. And I think that one of the things that I've started to do, and I think you and I have talked about this is when I create a piece of content, whatever that content is, I'm doing it just because I want to. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to look at it. I I assume like I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I share my articles on Instagram I assume that no one goes to the link and clicks the article. All they look is at what the Instagram post says and they move on. I I, I think it probably happens on LinkedIn as well. But I will tell you that I have no expectation. But then when I get a note that says, hey, I read your article on this and I really liked it. I really enjoyed this perspective or thank you. I was feeling this and I needed to read that those become more special. And I think that if I got those all the time, there's a danger because I'm human of, of going, yeah, of course you did. Like I, that's what I'm doing. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm helping people. And I think we have to look at, you know, I, I, I wrote a, I had to write an essay to get into grad school, which I don't know if I got in yet or not. So maybe this didn't work, but I was, I was, I I had to write this essay about why I wanted to be in this program. And I, I looked at these things, these accomplishments that I had, I had done. And so like my first draft, I basically talked about myself, like why I deserve to be in that program. And I was like, that's not right. And I must have wrote this thing probably like 10 times. And what I got to was accomplishments. The things that you are able to do are not necessarily accomplishments, but they're foundations for how you can help other people. And I think if we start to look at that, it's humbling, right? It's not, well, I did this, I did this, I did this. It's this allows me to do this. And this allows me to do this. And this allows me to do this. So, you know, the goal, and I think this is this is your goal, and this is why I think I really enjoy being on your show and I enjoy our interaction is because I don't think you care how many listeners you have, but I think if you have more listeners, that allows you to do this and make a greater impact, right? It's not about, well, I have, a, I have you know, 500,000 listeners, it's 500,000 listeners allows an impact or influence to bring another person in to help them get influence or to get another idea out there that, that that's positive for people or whatever. And I think if, again, it goes back to that, that piece of how am I looking out for everyone else? Right? So we shouldn't look at our own accomplishments as, as possessive things, we should look at those accomplishments as things that we're allowed 
that give us the foundation to give to others. Accomplish, you know, I, I got this degree so I can do this. I got this, you know, award, which allows me to do this. And, and I think that that, that's a good first step in one, how we look at ourselves and, and maintaining that humility. Um, but two, again, takes the focus away from us a little bit and puts it out towards other people. So maybe now uh, it's not all about me. I'm considering others, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, as you and I were prefacing this show, you know, I think how can we give to others? It's the holidays, right? And you want to, you want to be a giving person. This is something that we, my wife and I have really talked about challenging my children because when you got four kids, a seven-year-old, a six-year-old, two boys, and then two, three-year-old twin girls, you know, it's Christmas. So it's like, man, what do my kids really need? Again, part of my life is I have world experiences of, you know, for me being in Africa and seeing children that have absolutely nothing. So it's hard for me to just go spend crazy money on material objects that are going to be opened in 30 seconds and forgotten about or broken. And so it's just like, man, how can I begin to have a long-term view of cultivating a heart of giving within my children that took me years and years to figure out what that looks like. And so we are going to try in 2024 um, to create opportunities for our kids to understand the impact of giving. And I think as you and I, you know, talk, giving is not always financial. Um, you know, I want to give some real practical things of maybe what people can try to implement, right? If you have been feeling stuck in this past year, 2023, there's a heaviness, there's a weight, and I'm not talking about like physical weight, but your soul has been heavy for quite a while. You've been carrying things that maybe you should carry, maybe you need to let go of, whether that's family issues, marital issues, you know, you don't see your kids as often as you want to, maybe you have broken relationships with your siblings or whatever it may be. There there is a weight that you have been carrying in life. I want to give you some things that can help you break free break free and it's going to sound it's going to sound challenging because what I'm going to tell you is you're going to have to give what you don't think you have the ability to give because it's going to set you free. I think when you, if you're in this state, when you get to the end of the day, when your pillow hits the bed, you, you might tell yourself whether out loud or in your mind, I'm exhausted. You know, I wish somebody would see me. I wish somebody would ask me how I'm doing. I wish somebody would give me a break. I wish when's my break going to come? When's my season? When's this next chapter of life? I'll be happy when I have X, Y, Z. I'll be happy when whatever it may be. Maybe that's kind of where you've been. Let me give you some practical things that maybe you can do that'll cost you, but will end up paying dividends for you. You know, episode one of the one big thing was a kickoff opportunity. And the, my favorite person in my life is my wife. And, you know, I had her on, she is not a podcaster. So kudos to you, Stephanie, you are a rock star. She was willing to get behind this microphone. And we talked about parenting and marriage and just things that we've been through in almost, a, you know, over a decade of being married. And what I love about my wife is she had shared in that episode, the struggle of being a stay at home mom, greatest blessing in the world to have children. And she's been a stay at home mom for years, but it's, it can be tiring. It can be exhausting. Um, you know, there are little ones that are constantly needing your attention. They're dependent upon you. And you can go from, you know, just feeling exhausted every day and not wanting to do it. And that's very real. There's a lot of moms, there's maybe stay at home dads that are experiencing this. And one thing that she talked about is um, she had a friend um, that, you know, 
she knew was having a tough time with a colicky child and didn't have a lot of time to just take care of herself, self-care, take showers, just get ready for the day because this baby needed her. And uh, one day my wife asked if I would watch our kids so that she could go and basically relieve this mom and take her daughter and just sit in the living room with her while she went and showered. And you would have thought that my wife gave this other mom a $10 million check or, you know, some kind of like lifeline. All she did was make herself available. And I will tell you that my wife was just as exhausted. I will tell you that she was just as tired, but she recognized that, you know what, my friend needs someone right now. And I can just, I can just, when, you know, she confides in me and tells me like, I'm worn out, just be like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Or you can do something about it. And what would it look like in 2024 if we all did one thing, one big thing, one small thing, whatever, just what if we became people that gave the things that we need the most? And so my challenge to you is it's not always financial. What if giving could just be your time, you know, making time if JC's going through something to just go hang out, to not talk business, to not talk shop, but just go spend time with him. And you might, you might say, Steve, I, I want somebody to do that with me. That's the point. No, no one is going to show up for you in the way that you want or the way that you are unrealistically believing for. You're probably not going to have a knock on the door, unless you listen to this episode, from somebody who's going to say, partner, I just, I don't know, man, you were heavy on my heart today. And I just wanted to swing by. You know, I just wanted to check in. It's probably not going to happen. And I'm not saying that, you know, people are evil. They're not wrong. It's just they're, they're busy. They, they got a lot on their plate. But what would it look like if you and I became people that were just conscious that there's a world around us and people around us? One of my things, and I don't know if it's just unique to me, my spider sense, again, faith is the biggest part of my life. I have people constantly that come to my mind when I'm just randomly doing something. These could have been people I went to high school with, college with, somebody I ran into, and I think about them. But what I've done is I don't just think about them. I pick up my phone and I text them. I'm thinking of you. And it is wild to me how often people are like, dude, how did you know? And I'm like, how did I know what? And they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing okay. And all of a sudden, it creates dialogue. It creates conversation. You know what it does? It takes the focus off of me. I, I might have literally just been sitting there feeling bad for myself or, you know, wishing I didn't eat that thing last, you know, last night or I went to the gym or I just wish we had more money to do something. And that's all real life. But once you enter into somebody else's story in a way that's meaningful and you have that human connection that you and I talked about in that first episode... You don't have time to think about yourself and what you don't have. You're, you're just human instinct kicks in to be a giver. And so I think if you're like, man, how do I make 2024 better? Yes, absolutely. Get to the gym, live a life of discipline, eat good food, read great books, love your spouse, love your kids. But think of others maybe in a way that in 2023 you haven't. And it's those really small decisions one after the other. It's making time for people when you just feel like you have no time for yourself. Give it away anyway. I have never been disappointed when I have got out of my own way and loved somebody else in a way that I didn't think I had the capacity to do. It actually fills me. And it's it sounds wild. You will be filled up 
in a way that you can't explain when you give what you don't have away to somebody else. And I just, you're not going to, you're not going to change the world by putting a, a name of a politician on a billboard in your front yard and pounding it in and saying, this is, this is truth to me. It's not a flag you're going to wave in front of your house. It's not a shirt you're going to wear. It's not a hat you're going to wear. It's not a hashtag on social media. What causes you stand for it? That is not going to change the world. It'll bring awareness to things that you want people to be aware of. But what's going to change the world is being relevant, present, humble, honest, transparent, and just available. And and again, the challenge is if we think about our day-to-day, our weeks and our months and our schedules, none of us are really available. I mean, the demands are very high. So this is not just like, hey, have you been wondering what to do with all that extra time you have on your hands? That's not the message. It's your life is jam-packed right now, but there is a weight that maybe you've been carrying for quite some time that you need to learn how to let go. The way that you are going to let that weight go is not just by dwelling on what hasn't been, but it's by getting out of your own way, giving of yourself what you don't have to somebody else in need. And by being a bridge, a lifeline, a connection to somebody else, you will be filled in a way and have your needs met that I just... I can't explain to you. I can't show you. There's no, you know, real with emotional music that's going to come on and demonstrate this. It's just, I promise you, if you will go do this little step, give away what you don't have to somebody who needs it, you will get everything that you desire and you'll be like, holy crow, like it actually worked. So sorry, I went on a little, uh, little rant there, but that has been something that's inspired me. I, I think you're, you're spot on. And I think that, you know, the, the first step, uh, of that is, is to those closest to you, like you're doing. And I think the next step is to do it to those that have very periphery touches, right? The barista at Starbucks, the, I'll never forget, you know, it stays with me. My wife and I were going to a doctor's appointment and the receptionist was incredibly rude. And I said something and she was rude. I said something else. She was rude. And I think, you know, my natural reaction was to be like, hold on. Like, what are you doing? And, and I, I stopped for a second. I went, are you having a bad day? And the, she looked at me and she went, yes, it has been really tough. I said, what's going on? And she started telling me about all the drama that's going on in her office and this and that and at home. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. And you have to deal with all these people coming in, you know, today, as opposed to, well, look, you also got to do your job. Right. But I didn't say that. I said, well, this is going to be tough. And I'll tell you what, um, Every time I see that woman now, you would think that I was like her best friend because, and all I did was not respond to how she was behaving, which we do a lot, right? We, we, we tend to reflect what, what, uh, what other people are giving us. And one of the things I'm, I'm actually, I've got it on my list along now with band of excellence. Um, one of the articles that I'm, I'm going to write is, you know, as a leader, you either have to be a picture or a mirror. Right. So if you're a picture, you got to like, let me show you what I want it to be like. 
let, let me, let me, let me explain to you. Let me illustrate. Let me be the picture of what I want you to, to be like. Um, and sometimes you just got to be the mirror. Like they're awesome. So let me just explain to them how awesome they are. Let me be the mirror to who they are. Like you guys are killing it. You're amazing. You're wonderful. And I think that that picture or the mirror thing works in life, right? It, it, it's not just a leadership thing. It's a life thing. If you're giving me something that is not something I want to reflect, I can give you a picture of how I want to be, how I want you to be, right? So I'm going to ask you questions and I'm going to, no matter how rude to me you are, I'm going to be nice to you. Uh, you know, cause, cause again, you're not disrespecting me. There's a million reasons that, you know, Socrates, Plato or Plato said, you know, everybody's fighting a battle you know nothing about. There's a million reasons you could be in a bad mood and I got it. You don't, you shouldn't take it out on me, but you will because you're a human being and it's easy and I'm nobody. I am nobody to you. So let me become somebody to you and let me, let me be the picture knowing, well, this might not work. I mean, I remember that incident with that, with that receptionist probably because it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes, you know, a, 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 you know, somebody will be rude and I'll be like, hey, I got it, or there won't be time to say something, or I'll still be polite or pleasant. And they're just, they go on their way. Okay. But I, but I know what I was, because maybe somebody around was watching this interaction, because how many times have you been in, you know, in, in a checkout line and you're watching somebody behave a certain way and you're like, wow, like, all right. Or you see somebody do something awesome and go, Oh, I love that. I need to be able to do something like that. And I think that that if we can start doing exactly what you're saying and we start doing it with with our our inner circle and then we start to expand it with our outer circle and our further outer circle until that we're doing this and nobody's expecting anybody to be Buddha or 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 Christ, right? I mean, there's a reason those those all those folks are special. Um what what I think is what we're talking about is just being aware, you know, thinking, giving it deliberate conscious thought in a real way. And it's got to be authentic, right? Because everybody can tell when somebody's being nice inauthentically, right? I mean, like, you know, those people that, you know, I, I always see it as a little bit passive aggressive. They're saying really nice things, but you know, they don't mean it. And I know it's not really passive aggressive, but it feels like, I'm like, you don't really care. Like you're asking me a question you don't care about, or you're saying all this nice stuff to me, but you don't really mean it. You're, you just think that that makes you a good person. And some of that's probably just me and the way I was raised. So I'm not, I'm not faulting them, but I do think it's important that, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a very quick story. Um, you know, the first like five years of my transition, six years of my, my transition out of the military, I thought I had to be somebody different. I thought I couldn't be the guy that I was in the military. I think one, cause we're told we can't be. Um, and two, because I thought that the civilian world was really, really different. So I wasn't my authentic self a lot of the time. Um, and I think it showed and the, the, the friction points that I had when I wasn't my authentic self were absolutely because people could tell I was being inauthentic. I was trying to be this really, you know, overly 
sensitive, overly, uh, you know, thoughtful, as opposed to just being me and and speaking the way I speak and and doing that. And I think that as I've and I still fall into that sometimes. I think that you know you're in this situation, you're in this setting, you're in this environment. You have to behave this way. And there's this fine line, again, it's a band of excellence of, okay, what are the things like, you know, where I do have to watch certain things that I say, because that's just nice to do, that's considerate to do for the people around me. And where is the, okay, well, but, but that's not like this part isn't you. And, and the people who always say like, the worst thing you can ever say in my mind is, well, that's just who I am. Well, that just means you're probably an asshole. And you're just going to continue to be an asshole. Like it's not like be you, but be the you that you need to be for that, for that situation in that environment. Um, And I think that's really, really important. Um, And something that I think, you know, uh, I, I did struggle with. I think there's times when I still get it wrong. I'm like, Ooh, am I, am I too much me? Am I too much like raw me, not thoughtful me? Am I being too thoughtful and not being me at all. I mean, and where's this, where's this middle ground where I'm being, I'm honoring those around me and I'm being, and I'm honoring myself and I'm saying, okay, well, this is, this, this is kind of, this is, this is me applying these things. This is me applying these things. Right. And, and I think that that takes a long time. (sighs) I think it takes a long time as we go through our lives to figure out. And I, I think that there's lots of people who probably never get to it. Well, I want to be mindful of, I know you got a hard stop here, but even just that framework that you just left us with all at the end, it sounds so simplistic, a picture and a mirror, but maybe that's where a lot of us have missed it. And, you know, as you were just even sharing that analogy and thinking about a picture, I was, you know, thinking of a museum and artwork is artwork. Obviously the person that put time into it curated in such a way and stuck it on a wall, there are going to be people that walk into that museum that will stop dead in their tracks and behold the beauty and it will change them and inspire them. There will be others that go, I don't get it and keep moving. But that doesn't mean that the picture changes just because they don't like it. And I think maybe that's where the breakdown comes for a lot of people. You have to know what you stand for and who you are to model behavior, but you also have to be willing to do it yourself. And there's times for having the mirror. So normally at this time I do a start, stop, continue. Since uh, JC is a repeat guest, I will let that go for today to wish everybody a happy new year. You know, if you've been tracking with me since uh, episode one and the one big thing has meant anything to you, there's really a couple asks that I would have. Um, If you are an Apple user, get on, subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave a five-star rating and review not begging. It just helps the analytics. It helps Apple know that this is a podcast worth people's time. So it'd mean a lot to me. Um, but also consider maybe sharing these episodes with family, friends, people you think might impact them. Um, again, like, like JC said, I am never a person who it's about number of downloads, but I do understand the more people that we reach, the multiplication effort that can take place of touching one more life really matters to me. And I am biased, but I think that these are some of the best, most meaningful parts of my life and conversations. So so JC, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show, making yourself available. We'll have contact information, him in the show notes. Um, but honestly, on behalf of Steph, myself, my family, 
want to wish all of you a happy holidays, a happy new year, and let's make 2024 the best year yet by being super intentional about being honorable people that can give even when they don't have the ability to do so, because you can change the world one person at a time. And it starts with one big thing, but it's a lot of small actions in between. So thanks as always, and happy new year. Thank you.